You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Marcy Hopkins is an award-winning TV personality, host and creator of Wake Up With Marcy, a TV talk show filled with inspiration and empowerment, airing in New York, California, and Idaho. She is also a recovery expert on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and she has recently won a Telly Award for Motivational TV. Well, Marcy is here to discuss her brand new book, a memoir called Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles. As you see, Marcy is a survivor of sexual abuse and just recently celebrated seven years of sobriety. And she has gone from victim to survivor and her new book, one of the most powerful self-help books I have ever read. Why? Because she lived it and she lived to tell her story. And ladies and gentlemen, this is real life. And be assured, self-help does not mean going through healing and recovery alone, as you will soon hear. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome award-winning TV personality and more importantly, a voice for those seeking recovery, health and healing, the epitome of courage, strength and grace, Marcy Hopkins. Welcome. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. It's, it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, I, you know, Marcy, I have read your entire book, Chaos to Clarity. So why was this the perfect time to tell your story? Well, I had been working on my book for quite some time. It really was something that I was doing in stages and I, I was guided. I was guided by the divine to do this book. And I pushed as hard as I could this last year to get it out because I knew how much we were all struggling during this pandemic. And I wanted to be able to help others know that they're not alone and just create a book that would help you to hopefully move through your struggles and how. Well, you know, who are you wanting to help through this book? I want to help those that are sober curious, that are in recovery, those that have past trauma, whether small or big, those that want to break generational cycles, negative cycles in their lives, and also find spirituality because that was huge for me. And seeing the signs is a about seeing signs from the other side. And I share some beautiful signs that I received through my healing journey. And we, we are always being uh, given signs. It's just the ability to see them. Yeah, you know, Marcy, as I was reading through your book, um, you know, first part of the book, you know, especially for me was, di was difficult to get through. It was almost like watching uh, yeah. a very uh, intense uh, movie drama but it was real. And as it went on, I was just engulfed in all of the things that you wrote. And you really brought up things that I've never seen in self-help books before or someone telling their real story. It is probably one of the most complete books I have ever read. And for the fact that you being an expert, you've lived it. So to me, you are absolutely allowed to tell about it 
and to help others. So you've earned that right. But I want to ask you something, uh, a few questions about the book and your story. How did you get to the place of owning your behaviors and your habits from the past and moving from victim to survivor? Well, the first step was really putting down the drink, surrendering to the fact that I was an alcoholic and asking for help. It's very difficult to ask for help. We feel a lot of times that it's a weakness to ask for help, but we are surrounded by people that want to help us. So I went to my husband when I finally surrendered to the fact that I was an alcoholic and he embraced me. And one of the things that I had been struggling with all of my life is self-hatred and the inability to love myself and love others, know what that looked like. Because when you're sexually abused, the way that it impacted me was it changed the way that I viewed love and especially from a man. So he showed me true love and it was like the weight of the world just dropped off my shoulders. Now I started in the 12 step program. The 12 step program was a miracle for me. Honestly, it's not just about putting down the drink. It is about really healing from any past trauma, or like I have said, negative, you know, patterns in your life or those generational cycles. So through these 12 steps, and I do tell you in my book about the 12 steps in the program and what I got from them. Now, I was able to begin to see my part in things. I very much played a victim in my life. It's a victim mentality, and that is a way of survival. When you go through trauma, victim, survival, victim mentality is real. But what happens it gets to a point where it no longer serves you. You're unable to trust people. You overreact about things. You think everyone's out to get you. You think that you are never going to succeed in anything in your life. Um, and so I started being able to see my part because that's another part. You have no empathy. You don't understand. You never think it's your place. It's always what somebody else is doing to you. And that was huge for me. That was a huge um, hurdle for me, but it made such a difference in my life along with so many more. But it's really, the thing is, is you must surrender. You must find faith, a higher power and whatever that is for you. And then there's so many steps that I offer in my book to, to help you to shift your mindset from that negative place to a positive place. And you did that very, very well. And you, you brought up something in the book that I don't think a lot of people actually think about or even look into. But in your book, you shared how to get to the root of generational trauma and break the cycle. So where and how does one begin that type of journey? Mm. Well, addiction is huge in my family and a victim mentality is huge in my family. Anger is huge in my family. So these are all things that I was able to change through my healing. 
there, everyone in my family, unfortunately, uh, even if they put down the drink, they never healed from their pain. So I've had the ability to truly forgive and move past my pain, ever evolving through this healing journey and educating myself in ways that I can better myself all the time. Because you honestly need to change the way that your body and your way that your mind respond. And that is through many steps of mind shifts and body. It, it, and it really helps with switching and changing your body, your DNA. Well, there was, you know, as I was reading your book and really just watching your whole life unfold upon every page, <laughs> you know, you constantly ran away looking for something new to hopefully fill the empty void that you kept carrying around new relationships, new jobs, new cities. I mean, did I leave anything out? Yeah, no. I mean, basically it was addiction to alcohol, attention and a new start. Well, you <laughs> so know, and I, you know, when it came and you mentioned, you know, generational trauma and here you are, a very, very young child having to make the choice. Your first big decision in life was who were you going to live with? Your mm -hmm. mom or your grandparents? Did that really kind of set the ball in motion to running away every time things weren't going your way or you thought you could reset? Yeah, I mean, you know, things start when we are very young and we may not even understand what is happening to us or how we are processing things. But, you know, as you said, uh, I, I had a beating from my mother's boyfriend and my grandparents found out about it and they gave me the choice to stay with them or go with my mother. And I had made the decision to stay with my grandparents because I never felt safe and your home should be your safest place, especially for a child. So that was very difficult. And the thing is, is that even through those younger years, like I was constantly moving schools, I was constantly going, you know, back and forth with my mom, whether it was like when I was really young and then as I got older and change was always happening very frequently in my life. So moving on was something that was very easy for me. And you use that to your advantage? Yes. Yeah, so as I got older, when things started collapsing around me, relationships were collapsing. I was unhappy. These are the, the relationship issues that I would have. If things weren't going my way, I wasn't getting the attention that I thought I needed, or very commonly things were escalating to a physical place, uh, a lot of yelling and such and anger. Um, I would go outside of the relationship. I would find something else, another uh, relationship, and I would move on. I would set everything up so I would be able to move on without being hurt. So it was always like, you are not going to hurt me. Uh, I will hurt you before you hurt me. And that's pretty much how I did that. And if a job wasn't working out 
or things weren't happening and even a state I was living in, I would easily move to another state and start over. But the common denominator was always me. Right. And (laughs) a lot of, you know, and this is what I loved about your book. When people really start reading every page and ladies and gentlemen, this is a book you don't skip through. This is a book. It's a journey and you can put yourself inside Marcy's journey and learn things about your own self to have your eyes open to see that maybe you're doing things wrong and realize that you need to own up to them. But you bring up something, Marcy, in your book that I was so happy about because a lot of people don't really look at it deeply and you bring it forth, victimhood, which can become a part of our identity. And so many use the victim label as a defense mechanism to cope with past trauma. So how does one break free? It's hard. It's hard because again, that is one of the ways that you're coping and you were a victim. So, you know, don't ever feel bad about or or take responsibility for yourself for what happened. You were a victim and this is a true, uh, coping mechanism. But what happens is, is you do not think that you have a part in anything. anything. You do not uh, have empathy for the other person. You don't understand their side. You are extremely reactive to everything that happens, like over the top reactive. And you really think everyone is against you. And these are just a few of, of, the really the principles of what victim mentality is. Once I started in the program and let me tell you these 12 steps, I wish everyone would go through them because again, this is a healing faith-based journey. When I say faith-based, I'm not saying it has to be God. It is a higher power. It's a spiritual journey that I have, It's been beyond my wildest dreams. But when you start working these steps and you start seeing your part in things, you start having gratitude for what is in your life instead of complaining, you know, what is in your life. When you are able to actually have a conversation with someone, see your side, see their side, These are things that you start to learn and you realize that you can actually trust people, that you are not alone, that not everyone is out to get you. So these are things you slowly begin to break these habits. And again, it takes time, but all possible. And you bring up, you know, you bring up my next question actually, because while reading your book, you never seem to outrun yourself And how did you think that you could ever outrun your own pain? Well, you sure try. And I kept trying to reinvent myself. I, and I kept drinking. So really ultimately drinking was always my answer. And I was also taught that my parents were alcoholics. My mother, I can remember as young as eight years old, having a stomach ache. And she's like, here, drink drink some of my margarita. It helps me go to the bathroom. I share that story because we have to realize that what happens in our youth or us as parents or caretakers, 
what we are showing our children is truly affecting them. They will begin to mirror what we're doing, or they may be able, you know, they may begin to shut down or, you know, deal with grief or things that you may not even think about. That we say children are so resilient, but what we do really affects them and they need to understand and know right from wrong. And that's where we can start looking at ourselves. We have to heal ourselves first before we can be our best for other people. Now for you, you're a mother mm -hmm. and with all the past trauma, the alcoholism, uh, when did you come to realize that you needed to give your children the very best uh, of your love as well as a great home to grow up in? Well, I will tell you, I overcompensated when it came to my children because when my children were born, I said to myself, they will never feel abandoned, which I dealt with a lot of abandonment. So I was a little over the top as far as how much I would give to my children. I mean, to a fault, really. And, and that was, um, you know, there needs to be a balance there. And it wasn't, to, it wasn't till towards the end that my drinking really got to a point where maybe they saw mommy falling down or, you know, doing things that I normally didn't do. Yes, I had a glass of wine when I cooked dinner. Yes, I had a glass of wine when I went to a restaurant. All things that look normal, a lot of us are doing. It's just when it gets to that place where it is affecting your behavior, your choices, and the people around you. So, you know, I just, um, like I said, I way overcompensated and I just knew that what I was doing, the resentment in the end, because I was not able to go after my dream job, which also was destroying me, um, that I also harbored a lot of resentment there because it was, I couldn't figure out how to balance being a, a full-time mom and also being an actress, which is what I was going after. And you titled the book perfectly, by the way, because your life was pure chaos. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm reading through every page and I'm thinking, my gosh, this could be literally a mini series of, because, you know, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think you could play yourself for one thing. And, wow. and you know, did you describe your, and I think you did in the book, did you describe yourself as a functional alcoholic? It was interesting with my drinking because I was definitely a functioning alcoholic for a lot of my life. But what would happen is as things would start to, as I began to get unhappy in whatever I was doing, my drinking would elevate. Now, I'm not talking about when I was experimenting as a teen and covering up things. I went, I'm not talking about when I started going in, into the club scene and experimenting with drugs and, and escaping in that way. This is more in my adulthood. I was able to live a beautiful functioning life. I mean, if you saw from the outside, you would have thought my life was perfect. Uh, 
but it was a slow deterioration that the inside was actually rotting. And that's what I felt. And I'm just so grateful that I let go of what I thought my best friend, if you will, which was drinking that helped me through everything. But that best friend was also destroying me. So uh, it was, it, it, it's just incredible. Like it, we talked, we've been talking about all the, the bad and, and, and how my life was. And, and if I didn't have chaos, I even created chaos. Like, because that's what you become, nor you know, feel comfortable in, believe it or not. When you are used to chaos, dysfunction, and you say, oh, I hate my, the way my life is, you still seek it because that's where you find comfort. But today, uh, I actually rid myself of any toxicity and any discomfort because I know now I don't need to have it in my life. Well, let's do something positive here. When did you start loving yourself? Oh, wow. It was really the first year because I respected myself. I loved the person that I was becoming. My whole life, I was trying to be whatever I thought anybody else wanted me to be because I didn't know how to be who Marcy was. I had lost Marcy so long ago. So it was through that first year of healing that I started recognizing like the laugh came back and my interests came back and my, you know, I was begin, I began to be inquisitive and I just started liking the person that I was instead of hating that person. And it was pretty beautiful, but I will say the first time I said it, like I said it in a meeting and I felt really uncomfortable with it. It was uncomfortable because sometimes we think it's ego driven, but you must love yourself before you can love anyone else, truly. That's true. That's mm -hmm. absolutely true. And and the thing about your story is, as I'm reading along, I could see those moments where you wanted to do things right, but you mm -hmm. kept getting a relapse. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, finally when the light bulb went on, how long did it take you to actually shift from victim to survivor? Well, I will say first want to preface that with you are always healing and you are always, it's not something that just happens in a year or two and then you stop. It's, it's a, hopefully a continuing, a continuous journey for you because you are ever evolving. But really it was that first year, so much happened in that first year because when I started again, working those steps and working the small steps that you're taught in AA or 12 step program, and I implemented them, I started realizing that everyone wasn't against me, that I could lean on people, that I could ask for help, that I didn't have to do it all myself. And that's a, another way that you survive is like you build up the walls around yourself, your heart, you harden yourself and you just 
persevere and you do it on your own and no one is going to be able to to help you or you think no one wants to wants to but the reality is the people around you that love you want to help you they're just waiting for you to ask and allow the allow uh you to let them in well i want to and i'm this is god ordained because with what you just said really leads in to my next question but ladies and gentlemen i want you to i want you to listen i want to just read a very short excerpt from marcy's book to me this was the turning point and marcy's going to know and i'm going to try not to get emotional about it because i get emotional when i read stories like this and talk to people like marcy but uh i want you to listen because sometimes that in in your darkest time that's when the light starts to shine so i want to read this short excerpt excerpt from Marcy's book. And I want you to listen, and then I'm going to have Marcy uh, go further because, Marcy, you actually touched very lightly on this at the beginning of the interview. So let me start right now. And the expert re- excerpt reads, I sat down and sunk into the couch. I was in tears. I was defeated and drained. And I remember being angry the day before, but I didn't have any fight left in me. And at that moment, I looked into my husband's eyes and the words came out, I'm an alcoholic. My husband reached out and embraced me. And I was able to let go of all the tension in my body and let myself fall apart. I didn't have to lie anymore. I didn't have to pretend or numb or hide anymore. And my addiction was out in the open. It is difficult to articulate the heart-wrenching pain of complete surrender. But my whole body went limp in his arms, and I let it. I sobbed in relief as he held me tightly. Marcy, that was October 3rd, October 4th, 2015. And mm-hmm. that's really where your journey began, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's true. It was, you know, when I talk about going limp, it was as if the weight of the world truly fell off my shoulders. When you are so knee deep in your addiction, there's so many lies and there's so much pain and so much anger. And the reality is, is you wanna say it's those around you that are creating it, but it's it's yourself and that you the hatred um, because when someone is a, is using or is an alcoholic or has any sort of addiction, it's not just like one day they go, oh, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to do this anymore, or rock bottom. It's it's every day for a year, a two. I'm not going to do this again. So it it is a constant battle inside your head and in your body. And it, when you finally let go, it, it like I said, um, it, it I, I, I've never felt anything that releasing before. Well, if you could describe your husband Ray in one word, what would it be? Oh gosh, um, I mean, I, I, loving. 
that's what he showed me is love. And I'd never had anybody show that forgiving. And, and, you know, you mentioned in your book that you finally noticed that he was always there. He was always trying to help you and you finally saw it. Yeah. What's so beautiful about when you begin to heal is that, I mean, as you can imagine, my husband and I, we had a lot of years of un unhappiness and I'm not going to try to pretend that, uh, we didn't have our struggles outside of just alcohol. I mean, you know, drinking it, like I said, it looked normal for a lot of, a lot of years. And my husband worked a lot of hours. Um, his jobs were very demanding. So there's a lot of women out there that are alone and you feel so lonely, you feel so isolated because your husband is not there. But the reality is they, they're doing what they have to do. So when my suggestion is if you are sitting there right now and you're turning to your wine and, and resenting your husband for never being there, realize that he is there. He's just there as much as he possibly can be there. And the demands of work and the boss and the job sometimes do have to take the front seat, but you have to figure out how to manage that. And I think really communicating, which is one of the hardest things to do, communicating your feelings and just really finding the time for each other when you can. But once I started changing, my husband started changing with me too, because I resented him and hated him. He resented me and hated my addiction. So there was a lot we both had to heal from. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people really need to take to heart. And, and you, you said it so well, and with, and especially during the pandemic, I mean, everybody was isolated. Yeah. Uh, some people were probably at each other's throats being in the same house for so long. Yeah. But, you know, we have to open up our eyes. And you said it earlier, you know, to not only just look at ourselves, but also put ourselves in, in the position of what other people are, are seeing. Mm -hmm. And, and I can, you know, and you, and you let, you put your whole life on those pages. I mean, you left really nothing out and. Mm -hmm. Every chapter for the reader is a learning experience. It's an eye-opening experience. Um, we can learn. We can learn to change. And I think you brought something forth for everyone that there is help available. And you've brought out, not only did you bring out you know, the, the 12 steps, but you really brought great explanations of those 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, while this is a memoir, what I just truly want for the reader is for them to be able to see themselves in it, connect with me in a way, uh, that they can see themselves, even if we are not sharing the same story, that it brings something to light for them. And then, the ways that we can move forward 
the ways that we can heal and the ways that we can move towards joy, a joyous life, because that's what we are all meant to live. We, when we are stuck in shame, guilt, anger, our vibrations are in very, very low state. We, we get back what we put out. So now living at a, a place of love and peace and joy, that's what my life is. And that's what I want for other people. And so thank you for saying what you've said about my book. And uh, that's, it's really for anyone out there. And I think we all could heal in some way, right? And live a better life. And I, and I hope my book helps you do that. Well, one of the things that I, I really loved was towards the, the latter part of the book, you had a few God moments that you shared. Yeah. What did those moments mean to you when they happened? Oh, wow. I mean, they were so impactful. I've, I, I mean, first of all, I was going to stop modeling and uh, I had made a decision to stop. And all of a sudden I ended up getting one of my modeling cards in my hand. I was in bed, okay, asleep. And I'd woken up in the middle of the night. I had decided to quit modeling. I was gonna call my agent the next day. All of a sudden my modeling card that I had not used in over a year that I kept in my office is now in my hand. Unexplainable, unexplainable things. But I knew, okay, God, I know I'm supposed to do something, which is what I'm doing today. But um, whether, you know, it was dragonflies presenting themselves to me or ladybugs presenting themselves to me, or as people talk about when somebody passes, you know, my mother passed, she showed herself as a butterfly. There's just so many beautiful stories. And I just, every day, I really am so grateful. I'm so grateful to, to be guided and to have my eyes open, I guess is really what it is. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, where can all of my viewers and my listeners buy your absolutely wonderfully powerful book, Chaos to Clarity, Seeing the Signs and Breaking the Cycles? Uh, it's on Amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. And I think if you put in the title, there are other places uh, that you can purchase the book. I also have started uh, a Chaos to Clarity community on my website, wakeupwithmarcy.com. And there you can find pictures of me from my, you know, right when my story started at six, all the way up. And uh, I also have a lot of educational videos that I've created. Of, what a victim role looks like, how to move out of that, um, how to talk to your children about addiction, getting rid of toxic people in your family or in your life. So these are things that I just want to continue to give, but you well, can also purchase the book there. So any words that you would like to share with all of my audience before we go? I just want you to know that your past does not define you, that you are not alone. There is help. And when you fall down, which you will get back up and it's okay. 
you can do this and there's a beautiful life waiting for you on the other side of your healing. That is beautiful, Marcy. And ladies and gentlemen, Marcy Hopkins is the host of Wake Up With Marcy, a TV talk show filled with inspiration and empowerment. Wake Up is all about figuring out how to grow and to live our happiest lives. And you can go to wakeupwithmarcy.com to learn where she airs in your area, as well as all digital uh, streaming platforms. And you got to connect with Marcy. I want to tell you that she wrote again, and I don't just say this just to say it. I mean it with sincerity and honesty. She has the best self-help book I've ever written because she's lived it. She's gone through the process. You can do the same thing. So let me leave you with this. Now, whether you are trying to get sober, overcoming an addiction, stop destructive behaviors or not, Marcy Hopkins' book, Chaos to Clarity, will offer you insights and opportunities to level up in the overall quality of your life. You don't have to have an addiction to read her book. We can all learn something about ourselves and grow brighter. I know I did. So your past does not define you. Your trauma does not limit you. You can become a survivor. You can be born again. And you can have a new chance at life. And you must know that you can live it in grace and gratitude, just like Marcy is living it right now. So I'm gonna leave you with the most powerful words that can help you take one day at a time and succeed. God, my father, Marcy, went through the same program. Mm. Wow. And quoted these very words. So ladies and gentlemen, God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, but the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this.